Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 28 of the In the 11 podcast, recording once again here in Denmark. However, today, not just me behind the microphone, we are joined by a very special guest. He is the man responsible for bringing me to Denmark, giving me this opportunity, and I'm incredibly grateful to him, not only for that, but also for being on this podcast today, and I'm excited to have him here on the podcast, so let's get it going. of this podcast today that we're going to do the whole thing in Danish, right? Like we talked about? Yeah, sure. Emil, how did you do that? Jeg har haft en rigtig fin dag. Hvordan har din dag været, Brandon? Uh, yeah, meget godt. Meget godt. Ja, tæt på, men dejligt at høre. That's and that's the end. That's the whole episode, guys. So yeah. We did it. Um, it wasn't so tough. Yeah, exactly. Made it through your first podcast. Um so this is Emil Eriksson. He is the coach for the club that I play for right now at Oberhoi IF. And like I said, I'm super excited to to have him on the show and for us to talk a little bit about um, the goals for our club and, and everything that goes into this experience here in Denmark. So how are we? How are we doing? We're doing really good. Um, still waiting for COVID to end, but... At least we can train now. Uh, and well, I think later today, or when this podcast is out, we have the knowledge about uh, when we can start the season. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you wondering, we are still kind of in a lockdown, sort of, in Denmark. Definitely different rules than for those of you listening to the United States. We just recently were allowed to start training again after many months away and so we've been training for about two weeks now but there are still rules on gatherings of large groups so that's why we can't have any matches scheduled yet we were supposed to play pretty soon our first match i think was supposed to be the 27th or something like that um but right now we don't know when our first match can be just because we have to wait for as emil said the government to kind of lift some more of the rules and and see if we can have larger gatherings of people. So let's rewind a little bit here and talk about how how did we first meet? How did we how did this kind of whole project or or thing of some random American guy coming to Denmark? How did that happen? Well, I think um yeah, if you hear some steps, it's my my little dog. It's me over here. <laughs> yeah, nah. Well, I, I I sometimes get letters or emails from people that want to come to the club and play. And um, one day, this Brandon guy sent me a uh, an email, and I thought it sounded uh, like a fun project, um, but. As always, had my concerns about was this a fake email or what was it? Because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I saw it as a, a fun fun thing to do, so uh, texted him back and uh, I would say now we're here, but that's not the whole story. Yeah, isn't it? There's definitely some more uh, 
more pieces to the the puzzle. So yeah, I was reaching out to clubs and I'd reached out to Emil and then this is way back in I think April or May of 2020 when we had our first phone call where we talked about what it would be like for me to come and and play for the club and you talked about what you were hoping what your vision was for the club and and we at that point the virus was a little bit better so we thought maybe soon it could happen but it turned out that we were still basically a whole year away from it happening yeah um yeah we we could actually play games in uh, in, in the fall mm-hmm. and had our season there uh but i th- i don't think we were kind of ready yet yeah i think i don't know if the travel if it was still allowed yet in the summer when we first were talking about me coming oh. um and then the fall as well i'm not sure i can't remember what the travel rules were then but you guys didn't get to finish the whole fall season right no uh, we missed the the last game okay uh some some teams missed the last two um but um yeah that's kind of how it went down um and also why our tournament this year is kind of um different mm-hmm. in terms of what it used to we're only seven teams now and uh, only one team will get up uh so it's even harder to promote this season yeah um, so normally in a normal year what would it be it would be uh, eight teams fighting for uh, first place where first place will promote and the second team will go into a playoff game mm-hmm. against the number two from the other uh, promotion league. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two games less to get the points that we need uh, and only one spot to fight for. So... So this this season will get really tough, and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to what uh, DBU DBU our um, football association will uh, will make of rules for um, this spring promotion mm-hmm. league. Um, I know there's a lot lot of things on the board right now. Um, and if we play, um, if we can start playing in um, in mid-April, as it looks like right now, mm-hmm. uh, we're just gonna fulfill the whole tournament with the with the twelve games that we have. And if it's late April, they will take some games off, and so on. So, one big question mark right now, but really, what? I have most in mind is just happy to to train with twenty five guys that we allowed to and um, and and make good football plays. Yeah, kind of my mentality in this. I know it's harder for the players because they want to know when they can play. Yeah, games that matters. But right now, I'm just happy that we can play. That we yeah. can train. We can we can get better every day. Yeah. Now, because uh, we couldn't that before. Uh, two weeks ago, we could only be five together, and well, yeah, you can train, but then 
in our club we just uh, made made the rule that we will um, show show uh, the community uh, that we that we will not train. We'll mm-hmm. rather get rid of this yeah. pandemic. Yeah, and I think it's probably a good thing that we have more time training before we play the real matches because especially if we can't start until the middle of April, that might mean that we have to... I know the schedule in May looked like we have a game every couple of days. It was like, I think six games are on the schedule right now for the month of May. So it could be like a a really compact, like dense schedule where you might play a game every day. So that means you need to have a lot of players who are fit and ready. And like you always talk about having having a big squad to be able to pick from each week. Yeah, sure. And uh, and maybe we'll get down to that later in the podcast. But but sure, uh, I love to have a big squad. Um, and I'm not only interested in the, in the best, let's say, 14 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more into to the 40 guys uh, to make, make the number 40 in the squad as good as he can. Uh, instead of just focusing on, on what's right now, try to see the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and for a club as, as Obihoy, that's really important because we want to have good playoffs for sure. We want to go up to the next level, but we also just um, want to uh, get people on the best level that they can. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, for a Danish saying, that's what also what turns me on in the morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we're in a, in a vacuum right now. Is it not called a vacuum? We'll call it a vacuum when you, you like in the, that small box where you take yeah. all the air out. Okay. Yeah. Where we don't know where and what to do. So we're just focusing on. What you can control and then... Yeah, and kind of like our story for a year, we did what we could do. Yeah. And, um, well, we talked a lot in in that year. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I got Brandon on board when we, in our first phone call, I think (laughs) I invited a close friend of mine in to the... Yeah, so uh, as Emil said, we had a number of phone calls for the rest of 2020 until I actually arrived here. And it was was funny. People were asking me, you know, what's next for soccer? What's next for football for you? I always would say, you know, I have this good Denmark opportunity. And sometimes with opportunities, they're only there for a little bit and then they're gone. But this Denmark thing stayed right at the front of my mind for so long because we kept checking in with each other every week or so or every few weeks. But the very first time he called me, he's like, yeah, I used to, I'm really good friends with Aaron Johansson and I used to train him and et cetera, et cetera. And at first I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he just trained him one time. You know, sometimes people say things where they try and, and make it seem like, you know, they're bigger than they are, but we're in his apartment right now. And for context, right behind the camera is his Werder Bremen jersey. And 
as we're on the phone the first time, he's like, oh, actually, Aaron's calling me right now. So then he goes on hold for a second, and I think, I thought you were going to answer the call and then come back to our call. And then it says, a third person is joining <laughs> the WhatsApp call. And then Aaron pops up on the screen. And at first, I didn't really know. I don't even, I didn't even know what to say or what to do. I, I was almost like awestruck at who, who even is this person? He was like, oh, yeah, this is Aaron. Like, and then Aaron's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And we just started talking for five or ten minutes about USA. And I don't know. I don't even remember what we talked about. I probably blacked out for a few <laughs> minutes. But that was when maybe if I had any questions before I knew, like, oh, okay. All right, this is definitely serious. <laughs> yeah, well, I also had, like, I had to show that I was not a fraud. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of the same way that I also, in the beginning, had to check to see if I was Brandon brand yeah. out. Um, and yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's the start of it. Uh, and that was yeah, April, I think. Yeah. So then, fast forward after many phone calls, and finally in the start of the new year in 2021, I was just. I'd been training for too long on my own. I had finally made a good amount of money to be able to afford everything. And I was like, all right, let's figure out a way to make this happen. So uh, we picked, we thought February would be the best time because we thought we would start playing in March. And I did a ton of research. How am I going to do it? How am I going to travel with COVID? And then basically... (laughs) What we had to do was you wrote a letter from yourself as the head of the club, basically saying that I was coming to play for this club. And that was kind of my, I guess, ticket, ticket into Denmark, because that was the rule that if you were playing for a football club, that you had to have a letter or some form of communication with whoever you were coming to play for. And Emil also wrote that I would do my quarantine here and all those things and we'd follow all the rules and take the tests and everything like that. So then I finally made my way over here in February. Yeah, and um, and we went into a, was it a five days lockdown? Yeah, I think so. Um, and actually two days after that was uh, done, we were on the field for the first time and we were allowed on the field for the first time. So... Kind of planned it out perfect. Yeah, it was um, perfect timing almost. Yeah, so even though uh, there was hard times, and I know uh, I know you had a lot of struggles in the in the end, um, we made it, and uh, and now we're here, and now we're two weeks into training, and with the squad, and. Um, and yeah, so far so good. Um, at least from my part, um, it's also important because in in this process, it, it's also important to listen to to your stomach. Because I, I've not I've not uh, promised Brandon to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told Brandon how it is. We got about real well. Right now we're sixty or something. Mm-hmm. players but they will be cut down into 40 and those 40 guys in the um, the squad they will uh, fight for the 14 seats on the on the squad for the weekend um so that's 
if you want to follow, you know, in Brandon's footsteps, um, be sure that uh, that the guy you're talking to in the other country is not promising you all that much because yeah. they can't really hold it in the end. I yeah. think that's um, that's for sure. Uh, that I told Brandon, you know, come fight for your place, and um, yeah, I'm your coach when we uh, we're on the pitch, but when we are outside of the pitch, I'm just a guy that wants you to be the best you can be mm-hmm. and help you as good as possible. Um, but so what I do for anyone my own guys yeah um or the next guy who calls me and say i want to do this um because that's what drives me and also what drove me for a whole year uh in the contact um seeing you big uh, props to you to send me videos of the training programs and let me see that you did them so it wasn't in 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 vain um and i could see you meant it seriously so so yeah i was all in um from i think from june we just started regularly to talk yeah um so yeah basically haven't promised brendan anything other than i'm gonna do everything i can do to get him where he want to be. Yeah. Yeah, because we had a conversation actually recently once I actually got here where we talked about how for both of us, I think it would it would have been so much easier for both of us to, to stop, you know, during 2020 because like I had talked about, I was, you know, kind of comfortable at home and I was making money and it was going to be a challenge to get over here to Denmark and you know, I was still doing those workouts that you were sending. And but the same thing on your side, like it would have been just as easy to realize, oh, it's going to be hard to get this guy over here just with the way the world is right now. And, you know, who knows if I really want to keep this contact with him for this whole year and check up on him and send him training programs and stuff like that. We talked about how the easier thing would have been to just oh, like, you know, didn't work out, move on. But Somehow nope. we stuck through it, and here we still are. Well, you know, no adventure in that. Exactly, and just yeah. giving up. Um, and also because custom... Well, this is a way different culture than the American one, the mm-hmm. Danish one. And you know what? Our In our culture in Denmark, we're so good at giving up because we always have something that catches us. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about it with the social security and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that would have been way easy. Mm. Um, but there was, wasn't um, any interest from my side to give up on this. I, th- I think this is, first of all, cool of Brandon to come and, and give it a go. Um, I like the challenge. Um, of and and you know this is also a big journey for me because it's it's giving me some tools that I can use. Yeah. And um, you know what? Nothing makes me more happy than see some of the guys that I coached play on the best teams here in uh, 
Denmark and today one of them was also in the squad for the upcoming uh, 21 European Championship. Ah. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And, and makes me really proud. And, you know, haven't talked to him for two years maybe, but I coached him for four years, so he's still my boy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we still talk when we meet, so... Yeah, nothing makes me more happy than see uh, seeing guys like you that that have this inner drive to to make make it um, in football. And um, you know what? I, I, I want to do everything for guys that I can see want it. Yeah. Um, now you've been uh, coached by me for two weeks with the squad. I think you can see it with with the guys. They're burning their fire every week, every day in mm-hmm. training. Because I, well, you know what? I don't care if if you say that you're um, playing on what level you are. Um, uh, you have to be proud of what you're doing, not w- where you play. Yeah. Um, and and that's something we really work on in Obihoy right now. You have to be happy for the club, not just to say that oh I'm on the first, I'm on the first team. Yeah. Because um, then it's not your inner fire who does it that that does what want to make you better. It's just what your mind can hear you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it should be about the club itself as a whole, like we've talked about. It should be about wanting to represent the club well and not just using it to say, oh, I'm a part of this club, isn't that so cool? Like to to make people think of you better. It should just be about your own pride and your love for the club you're playing for. Yeah, and, well, and also the fact that, that 40 guys is a lot. Uh, in a squad um, so somebody's gonna get um, sad or frustrated every week by not playing on the first team mm-hmm. but uh, when you have the inner fire it doesn't matter if this week it's on the first or the second team yeah. so so then you just go and play for the second team like you have to be the best and that's what has to motivate you that every day you want to be the best Mm. in training and games and well simple said and life like yeah. um because when you when you feel good about yourself and know that you are doing whatever you can it's also easier um to say hi to your neighbor because we don't do that in Denmark <laughs> we don't talk like literally don't talk to strangers. <laughs> um, but it's easier to make everybody else happy if you're happy with what you're doing. Yeah. And you're not happy if you have to say, oh, I'm playing on the first team. Mm. Um, so basically it has to be like the, from the inside, that, that, that spark that says, I want to be the best every day. That has to be, what uh, motivates you? Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure that I got out of topic, but here, but uh, no, no, you're good. You're good. This is it's all on topic today. Um, I think it show like the important thing that I want to talk about that you just mentioned was how it shows how good of a coach you are, and it shows that your passion is for coaching because of how much you care about each player, and that's really your goal is you want to help the player become the best player that they can be. Whereas we all know of lots of coaches out there who coach because, like we just talked about, they coach because they can put a a title on their name or they can put, you know, I'm the coach of this team and and maybe they don't really, they're not in it for the right reasons. So maybe can you talk to us a little bit about how you, your background in the game, you know, where you started playing and what your playing career looked like and then maybe how you kind of moved into coaching yeah sure um well i started out playing in obihoy actually um until i was 13 i think and uh, this big club in aarhus ajif they picked me out um and asked me to come and play for them and kind of spent four five five years i think mm-hmm. Um, in RGF and their youth uh, apartment, uh, department um, training six times a week and, and have a match so this was also coordinated with, with school so I was off Tuesday and Thursday mornings um, so I could go and train um, and, and then as some people start to get injured Mm-hmm. And I, I think I was 20 when I got a hip surgery. Um, came back, played just on a low level after that uh, for six games. After I think two years of recovery, and then wow. I uh, blew my knee, both MCLs and ACL, and menisc, oh. both of them. So had to go through three surgery before that went. To pretty normal again, and uh, at that point uh, I was done on the field. And well, in the meanwhile, after I stopped in RGF as a player, went to Obihoy, played on the first team for a year before I had to go and get my hip surgery. A hip surgery, and um, while I was playing on the first team, I started uh, coaching. First an under 12 team for half a year and um, liked it. But then I took over my uh, my little brother's team. And you know, you know my little brother? He's the vice captain mm-hmm. for the team now. Um, and I took them from, they were 13 till 16. 16 I think mm-hmm. I think it was four years and we made some really good results um, uh, had in the cup we played against some of the big teams and and was lucky enough to beat them we never won the cup but uh, got got to a semi-final and or quarterfinal but way too high for yeah. our ex- our little club mm-hmm. and um and then uh, RGF called me and asked me for coming back to them as a coach. 
and uh, I took my goalkeeper from the team with me. And half a year after that, he got a contract with the club. Wow. Went with the national team under 17. And yeah, well, while I was coaching, he also went to the under 19 national team and on the bench for the Superliga, the best squad here. So we made some good t- things while I was in Nobihoy as a coach because our motivation was never. Well, yeah, of course, in the weekend, we, we wanted to win the game. Mm-hmm. But during the week, it was more about making players better. Yeah. So that we win the game in the weekend. So it was not. We were not focused on having the result in the weekend. We were focused on have uh, making players so good that we win in the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of also for your listeners to take a notice about if if your coach is more eager to win in the week weekend um, than making you guys better throughout the week yeah you have to go somewhere else because sure it's, it's important to win games yeah but there's a balance between there's a big balance uh, yeah. I want to win um, sure we have a tactic um, but our tactic is 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 about making players better mm-hmm. getting a lot of one-on-ones uh, both on the offensive side and defensive side and um and not so much focused on uh, standing in a 4-4-2 formation uh, and them not making any goals because, well, yeah, you get better at defending. But overall, uh, you have to go further than this team. So you have to be good at your one against ones. You have to be yeah. good at playing in a high pace. You have to be because you, hopefully you will end up in a club where they don't play the 4-4-2 uh, defensively formation, mm-hmm. but you end up a place where you have to play good. So it's kind of... If you do it the the 4-4-2 way, as I just call it now, um, you, you make the team good. Yeah, but the players sometimes don't get the no, benefit they, of they that. They will lack in, in training. They will not get as much one against one. They will not... Uh, train in a high enough pace for them to yeah eventually go up and play on a higher pace because mm-hmm. it's the big difference between amateur football and pro football it's just they train more they train with a higher pace so of course they are in a higher pace you know get it from american football when you go from college to nfl Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, you you play on with the pace. You played on, but now you just come with and play with the best. Yeah. At high pace. Yeah. And best training. So of course you will get better. So this is kind of what we're in Europe and Denmark are trying to do from their young, mm-hmm. giving them the environment where they can, where we have focus on the individual instead of the result in the week. So that was kind of what it was a lot about when I was in IGF as mm-hmm. a coach. Every weekend, nobody could have a, a bad training. Had to compete every day. Cause, and you know what? The, the best players on the team had to be even better in training 
than the second best because otherwise we couldn't lift them as individual. So that's where the training really and the training like uh, mindset really came to me that we have to train like it's a game Mm -hmm. and we have to focus on the individual, not the result in the weekend because it will come. And sure, you guys also have to learn how to play different tactics. But it cannot overshine the fact that you as an individual has to be better. Because mm-hmm. I promise you guys, nobody would take a whole team and just take them and... Oh, it, now now, now you guys play in the Superliga. Yeah. No, they will take individuals. So, kind of for me, for IGF, they also know like 95% of the guys doesn't come through. So, it's the individual that's yeah. in, in the front of the mirror. Um, and yeah, then I also uh, scouted a lot when I was out there. Mm-hmm. This was for youth players or first team or... Both? This was uh, mostly for youth players. Um, we had we have we have some rules about not um, taking players under a certain certain age. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wanted to be prepared to take them in the right age, um, and and also we 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 were ready to take the the big talents from from the clubs nearby. Um, simply to give them a chance to come in and, and show themselves. Uh, and yeah, it, well, our system is so much different than yours. Uh, yeah. So, so, so basically, we have a lot of clubs uh, in Aarhus, uh, the city where we are, um, and we have RGF as the biggest club. So RGF will take kind of like the best players from the the clubs around them mm-hmm. um, and take them in and train them until they think they are good enough and then take them like permanently. So they will come train like once a week until they're 12 and then they will ask them if they want to come and play for, for good. Like come and train six times a week, mm-hmm. come and train on the highest level Um and yeah, and then we have certain schools that you can go on and get the and get the, your education at the same time. So it's not like college or um, high school. Yeah, uh, it's totally different here. You kind of go on high school and then play in a club, not play for your high school. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very different. I think we in soccer in America it is starting to change quite a bit. And we're trying to, you know, we see how well Europe does it. So I think we're trying to do things like that with our youth system now. But there's still a long way to go because the way all of our other sports are set up are exactly like you just said, where everyone plays for their school and then they play for their university. And and so soccer is kind of trying to separate that and do it a little bit different. And you're starting to see that with some of the young players that we're producing that go to our academies, then maybe they do go to Europe or they go into our first team when they're young. Like you mentioned how some players have done that here, but 
it's true. It's definitely, it's definitely just a different, a completely different football culture, which is what everyone always tells me about being here and what I've experienced as well is it's a, a very different culture of the sport. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, it's, it's, well, you know, it's kind of the same because you guys have big colleges mm-hmm. uh, where the best players are going uh, so that they can compete on the highest level. But before that, they have been to smaller high schools where they have been the best for a long time. Yeah, that's very true. But this here is is just putting guys kind of like from 12 years of old into an an elite environment where, well, you as a club has um, their full schedule and what to train on what age group Mm -hmm. so that they will learn what they have to learn and then from they are seven well it's called under 17 you start to play like you do in the Superliga for a full year and you start playing only against the best clubs in Denmark as well Mm -hmm. Uh, before that you play against teams from around around here yeah yeah, and, and maybe Jutland but from under 17, you go and play in the whole country. So you go and play against FC Copenhagen. You go and play against FC Midtjylland. Well, you probably have because they're close to here before. But And that's where it really starts to get intense with the training. And, and you really... And, and this is where a lot of do-its or don'ts are coming. Because mm-hmm. this is where you really get picked. And start to get money for it. Like we can sign guys from, I think it's 15 or 16, not quite sure, and um, start to give them allowance. So we know that they don't have to sit behind the cash register. And um, and then they have free school. Um, no, but, but so they are in this so long that that even the guys that maybe have slacked, maybe have uh, had a smaller body than the other guys, starting to compete on the highest highest level, um, because th- that they have, we have the possibilities. We have a national teams for late bloomers, as it's called. Okay. So that means uh, if you're um, if you're a guy who's not involved as much. When you're 16, but you can just see, oh, he's so good with his feet. This guy can really go and be something. Mm-hmm. We actually have a national team for them because mm-hmm. you know they cannot compete with guys our um, Big strong, size. Yeah. You know, a 16-year-old boy. There's a lot of some can be like as big as me, like a fucking tree, <laughs> or uh, they can be uh, small as. Uh, I'm, 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 what do you got? Smulf. <laughs> you have Smulf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and and so it's it's really nice that we started to focus on on that side of it. Yeah. Because a lot of those talents will be dropped. Uh, well, when I was when I was playing in IGF, let's take it. We were just the biggest and strongest guys 
Yeah, so from, some of the small guys didn't make it through. No, because we peed on them in the shower and, and, and you know, tackled them hard in training because we didn't like the small guys. Um, but but now we, we, we have a reason to, to hold on to them because we know that they can still come and, 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 and be something. So, yeah. so to transit back to the scouting question... Or the, the talk about the scouting. So I also had a big, big uh, influence on on which guys I thought could be something. Mm-hmm. So so that's one of the things. Also, when you scout in general, like just really look at 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 what I call spice competence. Find- Let's take a break to talk about support for the In Eleven podcast. Is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 11 at manscaped.com. Now, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now, listen, here's the deal, gentlemen. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. And it is a game changer. Now, I know we got a lot of ballers out here, right? We got a lot of coaches out here. A lot of you, I know in your sessions, in your games, you're constantly saying, you got to take care of the ball, but you're not taking care of your own. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And we got to change that here. And Manscaped's going to help you do that. So first off, we've got the Lawnmower 4.0, and it is the future of men's below the waist grooming. And that is because of their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. It has a 400K LED spotlight, so no more going blind in the bathroom, getting hair all over the floor, right? Pop in the shower, you've got the light as well, easy, and you're done. On to the next one. Now, same goes for that weed whacker, the Manscaped weed whacker for your ear and nose hair trimming necessities. You've got the proprietary skin safe technology, which is going to help reduce with nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate, sensitive areas. Now, last but not least, we can't forget about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A lot of you guys, I know you've got a routine with your recovery, right? You've got pre-game rituals, you've got post-game rituals, a recovery routine that you do after, right? Hopping in an ice bath, whatever it is, you have to add your below-the-waist care to that. You've got to take care of your balls, gentlemen. You don't want to be playing 90 minutes and then you come in and you're sweaty and disgusting and you're not taking care of yourself you got you got to do it and manscaped like i said is here to help you in that department and who knows maybe that special someone that's in your life coming to the game watching you play you know you play a good 90 minutes maybe you bag a goal i don't know you want to be ready you want to be prepared you don't want to be in a situation where you are left without manscaped now just because manscaped is hooking you up and they want to take care of you The Performance Package 4.0 has a couple of goodies thrown in there. They've got the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and they threw in a little carry-on bag just to travel with all of your Manscaped products, whether you're going for an away game, right? It's a road trip, you're in a plane, whatever. Chuck all your Manscaped products in there. You don't have to think about it. You can forget about it and make sure that you're still taken care of. So it is time, gentlemen, because your balls will thank you. It is time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using the code 11. That's 20% off 
with free shipping using the code 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, at manscaped.com. That is 20 whole percent off of your order. 20% off your order with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code 11. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That one thing that they are really, really good at. Because you, you don't get professional, you don't become a professional football spiller by the things you cannot do. It's by what you can do. And and take, just look at every single football player mm-hmm. in the world. Of course, yeah, they can pass, they can shoot, but take uh, Pirlo. Or let's take David Beckham. I think a lot of Americans know him. He had the best cross, the best right leg in football history, maybe. And that was his one thing. He's spish competence. That, you know, yeah. in one important thing that he was good at. And that could make him a pro player. Um, take uh, Jürgen Klinsmann, your, your old uh, national team coach. Um, he, he, was, he was the fox in the box. Mm. Just cross it when Jürgen is in the in in the paint, and and you know he, he scores on the header. He scores on the on a foot. Take Aaron for example. That's that's the yeah, same with the him. Same He's such so intelligent. He just knows where the ball is come, and it's just so that's his intelligence. That's his number one thing, and so you can say about every single player, um, like Brooks, so strong. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, the John Brooks. The yeah, John Brooks. Brooks yeah. Center back? yeah. Uh, Mike Bradley. His lungs. Um, you know, uh, an old guy. If anybody knows, Benny Feilhaber. <laughs> mm-hmm. He played Najef, so that's why uh, I know him. He he was here for two or three years. We loved him, but he was so creative. He has such such good technique. Um, you know, and 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 with a guy like Benny Feilhaber. Or Brooks. Nobody's talking about like Beckham. Nobody's talking about he was really, really bad one against one. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about how good of a right leg. Yeah. Is. So it's not what you cannot do. Of course, you have to have some kind of level on that side. But it's the most important thing is to have that one thing that makes you stand out. Yeah, it makes you special. Neymar with his dribbles, Mbappe with his uh, pace, you know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, just a goal scorer, Uh, Messi, the dribbles again. And then, yeah, of course, he he can do all the good stuff, but that's mainly where you look at the guy. What's Mm he good at? That one thing, that's one where you become pro football. Yeah. Um, you're not talking about Messi being really bad at defending. Yeah, no one does. Yeah, no. So, so that take that in mind when you when you see yourself as a football player, and in a bigger picture, just f- really focusing your individual um, training on what you're good at. Yeah, and and yeah, you have to have a certain level. In your passing game or whatever, but yeah, the most important thing. Yeah, it's important. I did a I did an episode on this, so I'd encourage anyone that's listening to listen to that one as well. That talks about strengths and weaknesses, where 
like you said, you have to have a certain level. Everyone that's a pro has a certain level for everything. You know, even though David Beckham is an amazing crosser of the ball, it's not like if you put him in a game, he wouldn't be able to run for 90 minutes. You know, everyone has to be able to do a certain level of things just to be a pro. But, you know, for if I take myself, for example, when I train, I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours trying to be able to dribble like Neymar because... That's just, that's not the strength of my game. That's not the thing that I'm best at. And it would be a waste of time for me to try and do that. I do need to be able to dribble, like you said, at a certain level, but it would just be silly to do that. And I think sometimes players that are young, they get, you know, if if they're a really good fullback, let's say, you know, maybe it doesn't make them make a lot of sense for them to go and train and practice shooting all the time, you know, if they're not a good shooter. So it's, it is, it's important for players to know that as they're trying to develop as footballers, really think about what are the things that you're good at and, and what's like you said, that one thing that's going to make you stand out. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, while I worked in IGF, I went to, um, Asset Alkmaar, uh, club in Holland, Netherlands, um, where Aaron was playing at the time, um, and I visited uh, their scouting. Uh, well, the scouts. I mm-hmm. think they have six for the the first team. And I was sitting a whole day with with two guys in a room with a projector, watching clips for around six seconds of each player's. I think between six and and fifteen seconds. Uh, just the scout videos. And they simply just passed every 15 seconds. And sometimes they just wrote the number of the video down so they could have a greater look. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of the the mark you have to, yeah. to show your one good thing. Yeah. Because when a coach, when a sports director look at a player... He first of all look at what do we need. We well, we need a guy who's good in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah. If you have that one thing you're good at, and it's the passing game, you have a shot here. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's also uh, really important, like to know in your videos when you send them. Yeah. Like the first fifteen seconds, are they are the most important. Yeah. That's where you show that one good skill. Yeah. If you have one highlight that you think is the best of the video, put it in the front. Yeah. And don't take the one where you're lucky to shoot it in the corner from 40 meters (laughs) because we can see through that when we scout because we've seen that a lot. But but show show where you get the ball inside the middle and you, you turn on an opponent or... Where you do something intelligent mm-hmm. um, that shows your strong side, well, it, it can be the right back uh, making the pass over f- uh, 70 meters for the, the, the other wing because he's free. Um, it can be a lot of things, but, n- but, not, but not where you shoot it in from the middle because the goalkeeper he fell and, yeah. you know... Um, but you're yeah, focusing on that one. I really wanted. I really want an uh, an English word for space combat tanks. Your 
I don't know. I, I guess it would be like your your specialty, maybe your your one attribute that's the best. Yeah, I don't know if we have a word that's just yeah besides your no. specialty. No, I, well, free translated, it's like uh, competence. You got that word right. Competency. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a pointy. Yeah, like your best. Yeah, the okay. one, the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Um, that sticks out. Um, oh yeah, and so I graded a lot of football players with a, like a grade from zero to five mm-hmm. on this app, and yeah, they had to be on a certain level in one of them, and then I had the space competence. You know it now. <laughs> Or or he, or he will Brandon will put a little box here, <laughs> like space competence yeah. equals. If you if you're that good at editing, I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, but in the end, I, we always had to look. It has to be five in 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 that cologne where mm-hmm. with with that one good thing, um, for us to be interested yeah. in seeing more. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of did that and was on the assistant coach for the under seventeen and the um, under nineteen for well, not at the same time, but switching each year uh, for four and a half years. And um, well, yeah, something happened in the club, new new management. So I thought it was time to, for me to to uh, go on and. Uh, Kind of like the same day I stopped in RGF, uh, I became what they call. Uh, I think they they made they made this new title f- just for me, because uh, there was a head coach in the club at that point. So I just I just became responsibility of um, the green threat. No threat. Like mm-hmm. in, like when you put the needle yeah, in, like string. Yeah. yeah. So, so that the youth teams were were doing it the right way, mm-hmm. like training guys on different on each age group, so that that the guy that the boy who's six years old he doesn't have to learn how to shoot it in top corner. Mm. He has to to just have fun. And so on, like when you're 12, you have to learn, be able to do this. 13, you have to be able to do this and then so on. So that you get ready to what is it all about. Playing on the first team in your club or go go out in the world. um, So this this was when, for those of you who are following the story, this is when you came back to Obahoy. This was your return kind of to the club that you started with if, you know, we make it kind of like a full circle. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And when I went back, it's two, uh, two and a half years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd, I'd, I kind of made the plan for, for that green because uh, our jerseys are green. So it's it's nice to call it that because Denmark has the red mm-hmm. string and... RGF has the white string, so we made our green string. string. Um, so, yeah, and I worked and did that for a half a year. And um, 
and then two years ago in the winter time was asked to be the the head coach of the club um and and now we're here yeah i think of course there was a lot in the beginning the whole the whole first team stopped when i became a coach because they normally they were 14 guys who played uh, every week even though they didn't train mm. and you don't build a club that way yeah in my opinion and the board and the GMN wanted to go another way where we kind of had the club in front of the team and in front of the player because the club will still be here when Brandon leaves or when I leave the team the club will still be here if the team is in a lower league or a higher league. Mm-hmm. And the club is now 101 years old. Uh, so, or two, maybe. Not sure. One. More than 100 years 102, old. 102, I think. So, it, it will be here past yeah. us. So, so we always... So, well, my job is to always have that in my eye when uh, I, I make decisions. Um, and yeah, now, two years later, we're fighting for promotion, um, and can be the only third time in the story of the yeah, hundred that you played year in that level. That we're playing that level, so exciting times, because because we're doing it right now. We're doing the right way. People staying and not just coming to say that they. Mm-hmm. Like to play Ulanse, because I'm not a coach who values uh, that. I, yeah. I want to go for loyalty. I want to go for people that, because people, the best thing in the world would be a player leaving us to getting a full time contract. Um, that would be the best th- possible thing I could ever imagine. Us sending a guy on to a higher level, but but I'm done with guys who's just leaving for another Ulanser club because they cannot go on the team each week. Mm, yeah. Um, also, because there's so much passion from my side, so I want to see it from you guys' side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sleeping at night sometimes because I have to figure out not why we lost, but how can I make the guys better so we don't lose next week. Yeah. So you kind of are talking about it now, but maybe talk a little bit more about what your vision is for this club. I know you have so many things that you want to do. And sure, going and being promoted is part of that, and that's amazing. And But really, at your core, what you want this club to be is something that's great for the community, and it builds those relationships around the community, and that everyone that's a part of the club enjoys their time there and wants to be a part of it and also makes people better, not just as players, which is big that you want to do, but also make them better people and and have a a good experience with the club, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, we're a community with, I think, 20,000 people living here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even more now with all the new buildings close to the stadium and well when when i was a kid i 
I love to come uh, on the stadium because because I could see the the older guys from my high school. You know, they were close to playing on the first team, and the older I got, the more guys I knew was playing on the first team, and and that that stopped at some point, uh, so that everybody just when they were done with being under 19, which is your last year as a, a youth player. Mm-hmm. They just went to different clubs and started their own clubs because they they couldn't see themselves going on the first team or in the in 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 the senior squad. Um, so so that's what we are trying to like rebuild that yeah. that that the overlay from being a youth player into senior is gonna be easy yeah so, people want to spend their whole career their whole yeah, life with the club yeah like a chairman right now he i think he's close to being 50 or maybe he's just past 50 maybe he's 55 and he's been in his club since he was four so i want new stories like, like that because because yeah. i can see the guy the chairman guys from the border the guy Guys, who's who, who who's uh, dealing with all the stuff in the the clubhouse? <clears throat> they are all guys who's been there their whole life. So I want to make it like a family, like this is home for you guys. Like, yeah, I know you have to stress with getting the right um, degree. You have to get family, but but you know what? That once or twice a week that you go to football, well, yeah, sure. When you play on the first team, it's to become better. But there's also place for you in the club if if you're not, if you're just coming there to see your friends. Yeah. Um. So. So I don't need to be uh, sat on a pedestal and just. Been giving the best uh, training hours, the best uh, ball, uh, the best equipment, because um, it's it's not it's not necessary to become the best player. It's just a luxury, mm-hmm. and I I want the other guys to get the luxury as well. Well, yeah, we play all our games on the stadium. But I also wanted every team from the youth that plays on 11 against 11 to have at least one game every year on the stadium as well. Because I want them to, to look up and, and, and want to play there even more. And you, you kind of can't if you never tried it. Because mm. it it's a, it's, a, it's a special thing. We, it's not the biggest stadium with a lot of um, places for the the Fans, crowd, yeah. but but at least it has something over yeah. it. Well, you've been there now. Uh, hopefully, you guys will see some pictures or videos from it. it well, the, the crowd is sitting further up than you, and and it has this this nice charisma about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you want? I want all the young guys 
in the community to to want to play there for their um for theirs uh, their community's best team yeah um so yeah I, I use a lot of times on 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 the young guys as well um kind of also what was my passion when I was in Nadjev to see players involved mm-hmm. and to make to make kids want to dream and and have the we, we have this unwritten law in Denmark called Yende law you cannot put yourself and say you're better than others mm-hmm. and and that also means that a lot of people just stop dreaming about being professional football players and stuff like that because you're not allowed to dream to dream you have to get the good education you have to blah 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 <laughs> all that stuff um but 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 young kids has to dream and i want to inspire them to dream for as long time as i can uh i know it's not kind of like the ideal age that that brandon has now mm-hmm. to become a, a pro footballer but but why should it stop us like I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that uh, Jamie Vardy is pretty happy with yeah. his career, and I think he scored. I heard it yesterday. I think he scored 20 goals before in in Premier League before the age of 30. So, and 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 since the age of 30, he scored uh, 80 something. So, yeah. Well, let's dream. Let's dream big together, and I want that for the whole community, and I want to see the. The spark in the young guys' eyes when I meet them in in our grocery shops with them with their parents. I want them to to be well, not afraid of me, but you know, when you get shy, mm-hmm. I want them to be shy. I want them to come and ask for my autograph, <laughs> uh, some of them do are doing, and 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 that that makes me think that we are on the right track. Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. There's a, a very... Uh, it's difficult because I've only been here for a little while. And, you know, I think with the rules right now with the virus, it's hard to have the full club experience in the way that I'm sure it would be. But you can definitely sense a, a culture that is building in the club and, and one that's positive. And that's what I... We can, this can kind of be as we slowly wrap it up here, but... That's what I, I've always been really attracted to about Europe is the culture that is surrounding the game, you know, that's surrounding the club, that it is this place where everyone can come and feel a part of it, even, you know, from whether they're in the first team and then the best player on the first team to they're on the fourth team or they're in the youth or in the old boys team. It's just, There's a place for everyone and... It's a place, like you said, it's away from your family. It's away from work and it's kind of your escape. We don't have as much of that, I would say, in America, which is something I would love to do one day is build something like this, but do it in the States and and build a community in that way, I think would be amazing. But I, I will hammer home the point that you said. I think what I like about America or Americans that's a little bit different than Europeans is... And there's still some who are, have the same mindset, but is, uh, you know, you look at me and like, we're still dreaming like in there and there's no, 
there's people who will keep dreaming many years beyond me and have goals that they just won't let die. And I think that's something that's unique about America. And you can talk about whether the American dream is real or what it used to be or whatever. I, I don't know. But I think there is still that idea of you can come to America and even if you have this crazy idea that isn't the sensible thing to do, it's not go and get a good degree and get a good job, America kind of offers you this place to to go and chase that dream. So I think it's it's unique being a part of this culture here and then me having this dream where I, th- I know like players that I've talked to in the club or other people around kind of like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm pursuing football. Playing. And they're like, hmm. And what more? And what more? And I'm like, I mean, football for right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, that's also, because I also had that question on your behalf a lot of times. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Um, a lot of them forgot when they got out of um, gymnasium. Is that your college? Yeah, or yeah, I think high school. Yeah, when they they got up out of that, they used one year to earn money, and then they traveled the world for three months. Mm-hmm. They seem to forget about that when they ask you, because it's yeah. kind of what you're doing. Yeah, like I I have a degree, you know. So yeah. if if I get injured tomorrow and I can never play again, it's not like my life is over. There's still a lot of different things I can do. It's just like you said, this this to me, while is different because I'm trying to do it for a job, it's not that different from, like you said, people in Denmark who finish school and then they go to Brazil for a month or something. Exactly. I travel to Asia for three months. Yeah. So, yeah, well, a lot of our culture is also bent up on on, 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 on hygge. Hygge. Which... In some way means chill, but not chill. And we like to have a like beer after training, and and that's the part of the club you haven't seen yet. That sometimes those nights get long and really fun, but but that's also it's also part of the culture in in this club. And a lot of the old players come and watch the games, and have an opinion and, and drinking a, a beer and so so that's the vibe there is about every home game that mm-hmm. we have um, so hopefully we will see that soon hopefully we can come in after training in the locker room and just sit and talk and have a soda and a beer or whatever uh, and just hug yeah hopefully soon Hopefully this uh, corona can continue to, to get better and more people can get vaccinated. We can go back to life as normal. But this has been a really fun episode. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on and, and everything that you've really done for me so far. So thank you. So far, so good. So um, so far, so good. So keep on dreaming and uh, let's head to the field. Yeah. You guys heard it. Keep on dreaming. If you've made it this far, make sure that you subscribe and and follow along on all different platforms, whether you're watching or listening. Really appreciate your feedback on this episode. 
I think a lot of you guys will take a lot of value from Emil's story and from what everything you know he's been through in the game and has a lot of good things to teach you guys. So thank you so much for listening and I will talk to all of you guys again next week. Peace. I don't think if uh, you guys want, we can do a Q&A at a later po- point yeah, this yeah, spring. Yeah, we definitely can. We can do... Uh, yeah, I can make a post maybe and or I don't know, we'll figure something out to have people write in questions and then we can I can answer them, Emil can answer them, we can both answer them, whatever. Sure. So good night America. Good night America. <laughs>